Well, hey, everybody. Good to see you and welcome. If you're new around here, my name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors at Mountain. Welcome home if you are new here. We are a church that meets throughout the week in hundreds of locations. And during the weekends, we gather at four campuses. So you just join me in giving a big kind of Merry Christmas, happy, uh, happy Christmas time to everyone at all of our Abingdon campuses and our Aberdeen and our Edgewood and our Mountain Road and people online. Um, People joining us in line, online from their homes or in the cars or wherever, all over the county and all over the country, all over the world. Really glad you're with us. We're super fired up about Christmas at Mountain. I hope you're excited about Christmas in general, but uh, we have some amazing Christmas services planned. And just to make sure that you have opportunity to invite all of your friends and your family and your neighbors and people who will so benefit from it, we have created, get this, 21 different service times for you to choose from, okay? And I just want to put that out there and, and get you to be thinking about that. Where are you going to invite? I'll tell you that Wednesday, December 22, is our first one, and that's a mask-only service because that's going to be important to some people. And, and then um, there are services also on the 23rd and 24th. Some of them have 
kids programming. Some of them don't. Check the website for, for the campus and the times that will work for you. Online, there are 15 different service times, including all day long on Christmas Day itself. And then on Sunday, the 26th, Okay, that's right, after Christmas, obviously. We don't have any in-person services, but we're, we've created this really cool Christmas special, I'll call it. And uh, it's, it's very, it'll be very warm and very, I think, fun for families, for anyone you might be hanging around with on the 26th. So no in-person services at any of our campuses on the 26th, but it's a very special online thing you're not going to want to miss, so make note of that. So today, we're, we're continuing in this series that we're calling Christmas Playlist, all right, Christmas playlist. Not, not really talking about the kinds of, you know, playlists that you put on, you know, uh, in the old days, what it was, a, a Walkman, no, or an iPod, but what, what, what you put on your Spotify or your Pandora, not really talking about that. So much as we're talking about what, what, what are we allowing, inviting, feeding into our brains and our heads and our hearts, you know, what, what's on your playlist? Like, what kind of stuff is coming in? Because we all know that we live in such a kind of bad news world that seems kind of overly ready to just pump all kinds of stuff that isn't always going to leave us living like Christ-filled people at the end of the day. You know, garbage in, garbage out. So this whole series is about kind of just like, take, can we take a step back away from some of the toxic yuck and, and, and just take a deep breath and let our minds and our hearts fill up and display some of that other stuff with just more of God, more of his beauty and his goodness and his love. And that's really what Christmas is all about. And by the way, one of the ways a lot of us are doing that is by um, listening to a daily podcast that we're putting out. We've had over 10,000 downloads already. It's not too late if you want to hop on. There's a number on the screen. And uh, some of you are really enjoying that. It's a short little thing every day. It's not too late to participate in the rest of it. What we're doing through the series then is we're looking at some of the old classic Christmas carols that really just are, are so full and rich with robust biblical truth, and we're using those as ways to kind of just let that download deeply into our hearts. I've got one that I want to share with you today, and it's not a simple message I want to give you. It's not something like, well, here's three things, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's, I, I need you to sit up and, and get your heart tuned in. Because I, I think what we have to talk about is so, so important. But first, let me just ask you this. Uh, do, do you have certain Christmas songs that every time you hear them, you kind of find yourself singing along? Do you have one of those? Like, what's, what are the ones for you? I mean, here in the house, let me hear it from you. What, what's some of the ones that you, that, like, if you hear it, you're in Walmart, it comes on, you're kind of like you catch yourself singing it. What is it? Santa Claus coming to town. What else? Oh, Holy Night. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one on Christmas services. Anyone else? One more? Oh, Come, Come, Emmanuel. For me, I love all those, and I love also like Jason Mraz's Winter Wonderland. Check it out. You're going to love that one. And I know Bing Crosby is like a favorite of a lot of people, too. It's like, I'm, you know that one. Come on, everybody. Dreaming of a wife. Give it, give it the swoop. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that one. I can't, I can't help it. I have, I've got another one, actually, that that I'm a sucker for. I cannot resist. My family knows it, and they always get me. In fact, they caught me on video. Um, I think we actually have it here. Do we have the video? Go ahead and show the video if we... If we... Guys, I'm not... You Don't make me do this every single time. Don't want to lie for Christmas. Just... All right, that's enough of that. I'm always a sucker for that one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just from my heart on that one. 
the words of that song, there's just one thing I need. I don't care about all those presents under the tree. I just, I, yeah, I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true, because all I want for Christmas is you. you. I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about that. What, what is it that I really do want? What is it that all of us ultimately really, really want? How would you answer that? I had an experience this week that has deeply impacted me and kind of got me thinking about a lot of things. I met someone. Um, I was down in Dundalk in the city, Baltimore, at a funeral and stopped at a convenience store right afterwards. And when I came out, I practically ran into this woman, practically ran into each other, kind of one of those awkward things at the door. It's like, boop, oh. And I said, I'm sorry. I practically ran you over there. I said, I'm sorry. And then I just added, well, I hope you are having a good day. And I could tell as soon as I said that that there was something wrong um, with her. I think I surprised her when I said that, and she surprised me when she said back, well, honestly, I'm not having a good day at all. And her face told that same story. And then I could tell she's kind of nervous and jittery and kind of was getting ready to turn to go, and I had to make one of those decisions in a split second. You know how it is? Like, are you going to just say, well, hope it gets better, see ya? Or do you kind of, I don't know, lean in somehow a little bit? And I felt like God was telling me to lean in. And so... I said, I am so sorry to hear you're having a bad day. And I think that also surprised her, that someone just kind of paused in the middle of this busy, crazy place in downtown Baltimore, cared enough to, to say that. And that's when I started to notice, okay, this woman is really not put together. She's very disheveled. Her fingers were dirty. Her hair was a mess, and jeans were dirty. She had this skinny, weathered look of someone who lives on the streets. And I could tell she was high or going through some kind of withdrawal and just see it. And I said, do you want to talk about it? And I think that surprised her too. And immediately she burst into tears. So we're right by my car. I reached in my car and got a wad of Kleenexes and handed it to her. And I asked her her name, and she was surprised by that too. She's, she's talking like this, and she says her name is Beth. And bit by bit, right there in a parking lot in Dundalk, Beth began to open up and tell me some of her story and some of the terrible turns that her life had taken. She, less than a year ago, was happy with her husband and her seven-year-old and a good home and a good job, and then she had some car problems, and the car problems are something she couldn't afford, which meant she missed a couple days of work, and because of some things that happened with that, she ended up losing that job at the hospital, and then right after that, her husband left her. She goes to stay with some friends just to get on her feet, and her friends, she'd never done drugs, but her friends did, and she got hooked on crack and heroin. And there she was standing in front of me all strung out, telling me how the only thing she knows to do is turn tricks on the streets, doing whatever paying customers want her to do, so she can get a little more cash in her hand to get her next fix, to stay alive another day, stay alive even though she's dying every day on the inside. So sad, so tired. 
I've lost my husband, she says. I've lost my kid. I've lost my house. I even lost my dog. I'm an addict. I'm a prostitute. I just never dreamed my life would come to this. And then she just cried and cried and cried. My heart, obviously, like if you were there, your heart would have had lots of questions, but also just kind of broken heart for her. Watching this woman as she bends over uh, into the mirror on the outside of my car, just wiping, trying to get herself pulled together and wipe the tears and get herself kind of back together again. And that's when she said, through her tears, she said these words, all I want to do is just be happy again. We talked a little while longer, and she told me that what she really planned to do was go to rehab the next day. I said, "Uh uh-huh. But I asked around and checked out and called, and her story checked out. I was able to get her some food and a place to sleep for that night and get her lined up with the rehab center the next day, and I prayed with her and told her that the person that she saw in that mirror, Beth, was someone that Jesus really, really loved and cared about. And that it was Christmas after all, and that that's the reason Jesus came, is for everyone to bring good news in a bad news world. And I told her that her future didn't have to look like her past or her present. And it would start with her getting clean and sober, for starters. And I told her about some of you who have surrendered your life to a higher power named Jesus, who has helped rescue you and put your feet in a different place and given you some joy. And I said, I think that could happen for you, Beth. I've been thinking a lot about her. I don't know, I don't know. But what stuck in my mind was when she's looking in that mirror and she says, all I want to do is be happy again. My friends, if Jesus coming that we celebrate at Christmas, if it, if it isn't good news of great joy for Beth, then it's not good news for any of us. Because we all actually want for Christmas and in our lives the same thing that Beth wants, to be happy. As you look in the mirror, we want that. We want actually something more than happiness, don't we? We want a deep abiding joy, not just some temporary fix that we've got to kind of get day by day, even though we're dying on the inside. Americans are famous for being happy on the outside and full of rot on the inside. We're looking for a deep, lasting, permanent joy. You are, the person next to you is, I am, everyone is, because it's wired into us from a creator who out of his joy said, I'm going to make him in my image. And we have joy planted inside of us. It's just that it's been covered over And the details of your situation may differ a little bit from hers. It may be worse. It may be be slightly different. But we all have these series of disappointments in life because of the way the world is. We all have discouragements that come. We have distressing things. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just trying to be realistic. And especially the last couple years, can be honest enough to say that not everything's gone swimmingly for all of us. It hasn't. And what we're seeing in the news is how many people are distressed and who are being robbed of their happiness and their their joy is being stolen. More than ever, we're anxious and we're sad and we're depressed and we're committing suicide and we're quitting our jobs, not for all kinds of good reasons. And, And when we're looking in the mirror, more and more of us are saying, where did my joy go? Are you more joyful than you were a year ago? 
Not, have you learned to fake it to make it? But are you, like at a deep down level inside when no one's looking, it's just you, buck naked in the mirror, are you more joyful than you were a year ago? So if we step back and get real big and biblical for a second, the Bible says there's a reason for this joy leakage that everybody's experiencing. And it goes like this. We live in a world that's not the way it was meant to be, not the way it was created to be, not the way that God intends it to be. When God created everything in perfect harmony, this God of joy created everything. It was good. It was beautiful in that garden long ago. But when people push back and say, I don't really trust God, I think I know better than God. I don't need God. All of that is called sin, and it entered the picture and opened a Pandora's box of pain and problems. We've been dealing with the infectious disease of sin that entered the world ever since. Every single day, every single person is under, as the Bible says, a curse. The curse is called sin, and it makes something as beautiful as giving birth and bringing a new life into the planet. It makes that painful and awful, it says. That's part of the the curse. It makes something as beautiful as growing tomatoes in your garden hard because there's thorns and thistles and weeds, and sometimes, you know, the rabbits come. It just doesn't work. And everything that's supposed to be beautiful is a little bit harder and tainted and twisted. And, and everything and everyone, relationships are not beautiful all the time, are they? Our own hearts get darkened with weird impulses. We say, where'd that come from? I meant to be kinder there. And everything in the world is out of sync and kind of like just twisted and tainted a little bit. And and sometimes it just runs rampant. You see gross examples of injustice and abuse and suffering and cancer and COVID and tornadoes for crying out loud. Even the planet itself is kind of not working the way God had it in a beautiful beginning. And you see all this trauma and terrible stuff. And you see Beth looking in the mirror saying, where does my joy go? You see my friend Samantha standing in front of her daddy's casket this week and you and I have our own stuff because the curse has hit you because the whole planet is broken and affected by this sin thing and the, the thing is all of us the Bible says that God plants eternity in the hearts of us it's like we're created in God's image there's like a memory of Eden we all know how it's supposed to be we know it's not supposed to be like this and that's where the longing comes from that's why we want joy this Christmas is because we know we're made for it. It's like a memory that's instinctively there and we say all I want for Christmas is, is joy and either you trust God as that source of joy or you don't and most people in our society today spend their lifetime searching every, lifting every rock, looking behind every door, trying to find the thing it could be a door of adventure. It could be a door of, you know, relationships. We can s- sleep in every bed and try every philosophy and buy all kinds of toys. We can get all kinds of, everything you can try, you'll always end up at the end of the day, just like Beth, saying, this isn't working, and I need some help. Friends, can we be humble enough to admit that the world isn't going to automatically fix itself? How's that working? Everything pretty much getting better day by day? Is that how this works? We need some help. That's why one night, long ago, there were some shepherds out in a field just doing their thing like they always did. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord shone around them, and they were like, as the old King James said, sore afraid. That means they were scared out of their minds. 
And the angel reassured them, no, don't be afraid, because I'm bringing you what? I'm, what am I bringing you? Good news. That will bring what? Great joy. To who? All people. All people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The Messiah, the Christ, is the one that for centuries has been promised to bring joy. To take us back to where God intended things to be in the beginning. To bring that deep joy and shalom. God so loved the world, and by that he meant, that that John means people. All the all the aching, hurting, lonely Beth people, and he loves all of the seemingly put-together people, all the Bens and all the Bridgets and all the Britneys and all the Bobs, the whole world that he gave his only son, or he came in person as a baby, and the good news is that it's for all people. And the joy that we long for can be found and is here in our midst. He's close. He's close as a breath away. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I'd like to say it this way sometimes. You know, happiness is tied to what happens, but joy is tied to Jesus. (laughs) Happiness, what happens is our circumstances. You don't have any control over that, and sometimes things are going well or even awesome, and other times not so much. And your happiness is going to go up and down like a roller coaster, but joy is something deeper and stronger, and it just ties to Jesus. And that's why a guy named Paul who was quarantined in prison, probably facing certain death, could say in Philippians 4, always, when? Always, when? Always be full of joy in the Lord. What? Are you kidding me? Really, Paul? He's like, yeah, I'm serious. I'll say it again. Rejoice. That's what we want, isn't it? About 300 years ago, a guy by the name of Isaac Watts was so moved by a passage of scripture that he was reading. He thought it was so incredibly beautiful that he wrote a poem about it to bring it to life. And he called that poem, want to guess? Joy to the World. He got it. But Joy to the World wasn't a poem he wrote about the birth of Jesus or the coming of Christ at all, really. It's actually about the time when Jesus comes again, a second time. Most people don't know that. Think about it when you hear it in a minute. It's about the time Jesus came, not as a baby in a manger, but returning on clouds of glory as the King of kings and Lord of lords, when Jesus returns to finally fully bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's pretty cool. Listen to some of Psalm 98. Psalm 98 is the psalm that inspired him to write the song we know as Joy to the World. Listen to some of the words. Verse 4 says, shout for what? Joy to the Lord. Who? All the joy to the world. There it is. Burst into jubilant song with music. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it. So that's a lot of stuff. All the Finding Nemo creatures and all who live in it. And let it keep going. Repeat, repeat, put it on repeat, the sounding joy. It makes me think of how Paul says, you know, this whole planet, Romans chapter 7 or 8, he says, he says, you know, the whole planet's like under a curse, right? 
And it's, he describes this as like, it's like groaning as if in childbirth, like a mama that's like, oh, this hurts. I wish this baby would come. It isn't coming yet, but oh. He says the whole planet's like that. We're groaning, waiting for that day when Jesus comes back. And, and you can see it. You can see it in the science. You can see it in the news. You can, see it, you can see it everywhere. The earth is groaning, and we're all part of this pain of the planet. We can see it. And so, Psalm 98 says, oh, there's a day coming when the groaning will give way to shouts of joy. Ooh, the baby's here. Isn't it ironic? It's a baby. It goes on to say that this old cursed world now that we know will be glad when Jesus comes back. And it says it's so amazing that even these rivers that are now filled with toxins and impurities, they will be pure and clean and sing and dance with clap their hands. And the mountains that are being, you know, just under all the travail they're under, they will join in as well, singing along. And everyone and everything will finally praise the Creator when God comes back. And that image painted such a strong picture on the heart of Isaac Watts that he wrote this song, Joy to the World. Well, about 100 years later, another guy comes along by the name of Lowell Mason. And he found that old poem, and he says, this is pretty good stuff. And he puts it to music, and he gets it published, and it was released during the Christmas season. So ever since then, it's been associated with Christmas, even though it has nothing to do with Christmas. And today, it's one of the most published Christmas carol. I think it is the most published Christmas carol in the whole country. And as you hear the words, it does kind of sound like the angels coming to the shepherds, doesn't it? Who came singing about joy to the whole world. But then you realize it's really about when Jesus comes again. You know the words, probably most of you. We just heard some of them. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Advent, finally, the ultimate advent. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Make way, the king is here. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains all repeat the sounding joy. Isn't it a beautiful picture? Right out of the scriptures. Pixar, Pixar or Disney needs to, to get a hold of this and, and bring that thing to life for us with the fields and the seas and everybody clapping and putting on repeat a good gospel beat because that's what's happening here. And the reason for the joy is all in the next verse. What seems like all the sin and sorrow that's growing every day, the song reminds us all, no, no more, no more. Not at that point. No more. No more. Let sin and sorrow grow. No thorns which have been infesting the ground since Genesis chapter 3. No more. And everything else that the curse represents because now he comes to make what? His blessings flow. His blessings come and then it's like they're gone right now. In this life, his blessings come, but then it's like, oh, where did it go? And now his blessings will just flow. And where will it flow? Far as the curse is found. Isn't that beautiful? The curse that infects every inch of our planet, every corner of our home, and every inch of our own hearts with cancer and COVID and corruption and fear and fighting and sadness and sorrow, all of it, Jesus will one day reverse the curse. As much as God can be trusted, he will make his blessings flow, just as he has said from the beginning he would do. So no wonder the angels on that night said, this is really good news. This is great joy, and it's for everyone. Because this is step one when Jesus came as a baby, which means now it's only a matter of time till step two when he comes again. 
Here's the wonderful thing about it. If you live in the confidence and the trust, you're willing to believe in God and his word. It's not easy to do that, but if you are, if you're willing to, you're staking your life on some narrative, some story, some truth somewhere, and if you're willing to stake your life on the truth that God is who he said he is and his word is true, that Jesus is Lord, that he's coming again, then that truth will get you through all of the pain and all of the problems and all of the pandemics. Whatever is happening in your life that's affecting your happiness, you can still have joy every day. How do you find joy in 2021 and 2022? Well, the clue's in the last verse. Here's the last verse. He rules the world with truth and grace, and he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. And here it is, listen. And the wonders of his what? Love. The wonders of Jesus' love is what will be most clear on the last day. The last word in a song about joy is love, because that's where ultimate joy. That's what joy is. Joy is love. It's God's wondrous love. It's what Beth, when Beth says, I want to be happy, she wants not just a break in life. She wants to know she's loved. The joy I'm seeking, that she's seeking, that you're seeking, is found in love. Pure, wondrous, as the song says, wondrous love of Jesus possible in the love of Christ. The problem for a lot of us is that we go seeking our joy and therefore our love in some of the wrong places. We kind of know it, the answer in the textbook is Jesus, but we go trying attaching our love to all kinds of things and we wonder why we don't have more joy. Human love is beautiful sometimes. But it's, it's a dim reflection of the perfect, wondrous love of Christ. Even the best relationships will eventually leave us alone or frustrated or empty. If you base your joy on that kind of love, you're in trouble. I've probably told you this before, but there was a woman a long time ago, her name was Elizabeth Singer, who loved the writing of Isaac Watts, the guy who wrote this whole thing. She was drawn to his mind and just loved his creative thought and all this. She began to write letters and they fell in love. That's how you did it before Farmers.com and, you know, Farmers Only or whatever it is, eHarmony, whatever. They started talking marriage and so she said, I better go visit this guy. So she goes and visits him and when she saw him and what he actually looked like in person, he was apparently not a very handsome guy. Here's his picture. Here's his Tinder profile picture right here. People in those days said he had a big head and a crooked nose and I don't think the wig helped so much either, to be honest with you. And she couldn't get past it. And she walked away from the relationship, and he never again sought the companionship of another woman. And it kind of breaks your heart. It certainly broke his. It's not exactly a Hallmark Christmas story, is it? But what's so interesting, it was, it was after that, that this man who looked for love and then lost it, someone he loved slipped through his fingers, out of his hands, is the one who then can write about not happiness that happens, 
but joy to the whole world in Jesus and the wonders of God's love, which is so faithful and lasting that it's good for everyone, for me, for the shepherds, for you, for Beth, for Isaac Watts. And it's something that can never be taken away from you, ever. It's a love that will not let you go. So if you're feeling particularly lonely this year or going through a hard time, maybe you look good on the outside, maybe you look like Beth, I don't know. Maybe you're someone like Isaac Watts who has had someone slip away. The good news of great joy is that Jesus has come and he brings a wondrous kind of love for all people. God so loved the world that no matter who you are or what you've done, you can have joy because of the love of Jesus. But you know, it is like any other relationship. Any relationship has give and take, doesn't it? It's like any other relationship where someone can make an overture, but there's got to be a, a reception of that. Isaac Watts loved her. She didn't love him back, and there's no relationship left. Maybe that's happened to you. It happens to God, too. He makes overtures, and he's not always received. That's why the song says, go back, put that first verse up there again. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, but let earth receive her king. How? Let every heart prepare him room. Have you done that? Because real joy happens when you receive, when you prepare room in your heart for Jesus as your leader, your friend, your Savior. Are you living today with room in your heart for Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Sometimes our playlist just gets so filled with all this other stuff we just need to, to make some room for Jesus. 700 years before Jesus was born, another prophet, Isaiah, spoke about that day when Jesus comes, when he comes the first time and when he comes the second time. And it, it has similar words. Listen to it and think about joy to the world and think about the shepherds, think about the angels, think about the second coming of Christ. It says, in Jerusalem, verse 6, in Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast. So you got angels, you got a big party happening, you got joy. Who's it for? For all the people of the world. There it is, joy to the new world, good news of great joy. And what's going to happen? He will remove the cloud of doom. The curse will be reversed. The shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all the tears and suffering and sin and death. And verse 9 says, on that day people will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted him and now he has saved us. Friend, you want to be able to say that on that day. This is our God, my God. I trusted him and he saved me. This is the Lord whom we trusted. So let us rejoice. Let us have joy with all of the world. When you trust Christ today, you'll have joy for eternity. Victoria Glossens, 23 years old. She was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma for the second time uh, when, in, in 2020. She decided to keep motoring right on through nursing school, even though it was very difficult with all of her treatments. But she said, you know, it's making me a better nurse. I'm more compassionate. I have better understanding about illness and the fear and the pain of all of that. Well, after this long battle with this cancer, she goes through treatment one day, and her PET scan comes back clean. 
finally, she's cancer-free. And she wants to share the news with her dad. And she decides to do it in a creative way using the headphone challenge where someone puts on headphones and then they play loud music and then you whisper the message and see how long it takes them to figure it out. Well, that's what she did with her dad and it went viral. So and just watch just a couple of seconds of this. I'm cancer-free. Okay, you're cancer-free. Did you have your PET scan? Isn't that awesome? I love that so much. Oh my gosh. As a dad, I think about that. There's something so beautiful about his joy because his daughter, there's a gloom over her daughter. Her daughter's under the curse. She's like, what's her future going to be? She, we don't know. And then she's clean and she's pure and she's healed and she's free and he's just off the chain and he's not cool. It's not rehearsed. It's just like giddy, unadulterated, jump for joy, spontaneous eruption. And what you're seeing there with a guy joyful about his daughter's cancer diagnosis is what all of us are going to experience when, when Jesus returns and it's what he will do for all of us. And that is how you will respond. Something like that when all the cancer and all the disease and all of the disasters and death itself is swallowed up in Jesus. My friends, that's it. Joy to the whole world when he reverses the curse. When Jesus gives a clean PET scan to all of the planet, imagine it, the earth being restored, joy to the world, dads jumping, moms shouting, rivers and seas, and all of the earth and creation, heaven and nature singing, and put it on repeat, repeat the sounding joy over and over, woo-hoo. Far as the curse is found, and Beth and everyone who trusts Christ can say, the one thing I need, the one thing I want, Jesus, all I want for Christmas is you. Because it's the source of our joy. If you have Jesus, you can have joy.